Welcome to Closing Day. This podcast is for anyone looking to get into their very first home. The steps to buying a property are complicated. How much house can I afford? Where do I start? Should I just rent for the rest of my life? Hear from industry experts and get the answers. If you're looking to purchase your first home, you are in the right place. This podcast will help you get closer to closing day. Hey everyone, this is Kyle and welcome back to Closing Day. We took a break there from the end of season one to figure out what to do next. Our answer, bring in more experts to help make first-time homebuyers confident savers, seekers, and negotiators. And what better way to kick things off than with a real estate investor? In this episode, we talk with Matt Walker. Matt is a full-time real estate investor and partner at Gallatin Capital Group. Matt lives in Big Sky, Montana and took time out of his ski day to chat with us. Matt and I first met at the Bigger Pockets Conference in Nashville, and of course, both being from Montana, connected pretty quickly on the growth and opportunity happening in the real estate world that is the Big Sky State. We talk about first-time homebuyers everywhere and how Matt purchased his first condo without a realtor, so how exactly did that work? We talk about condo versus single family in red-hot markets, and we talk about the Dave Ramsey theory of owning your house without any debt and how that sometimes conflicts with investing in real estate. So it's a great episode. Had a great time talking with Matt. Uh, if you're a first-time homebuyer, you're going to learn a ton from this episode. So enjoy. And as always, let us know if you have any questions we can help with. Just like that, we are live with Matt Walker. Matt, welcome to Closing Day of the podcast. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Matt, for, uh, for our listeners of Closing Day, um, you know, we usually do a quick intro, so they've heard some about you, but if you just wanted to tell them a little bit about yourself, and we, we're always curious about how people land in the Big Sky State and, uh, and where you're at now and, and what you're up to. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Matt Walker, I live here in Big Sky, Montana, um, and live here with uh, my wife for about six years. I grew up in Indiana, and my parents had lived in uh, Montana when they were young and right out of college. And so eventually jobs took them back to the Midwest and, uh, they were both teachers. And so every summer they would bring us kids, um, out to Montana and, and really we'd spend most of our time kind of around Yellowstone, uh, in and around Yellowstone, fishing, camping, hiking, um, didn't really spend a lot of time in big sky, but, um, so I grew up kind of coming out here and then in college, I knew one, I wanted to get out of Indiana uh, one summer, and so I moved out here with my older brother, who had also um, come to Montana and worked in Big Sky, and I interviewed at a couple places and got a really awesome job as an outdoor guide, um, and nice. so I did that for the next couple of summers while I was in school, and then graduated, moved out here full-time, um, and so that was 2012, and since then... Um, I've moved out of the guiding um, gig, and now I do real estate full time. That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, and so, when you say, you know, for a lot of our listeners, they might be in that home buying stage where they haven't bought a house, they've been renting, um, and they're looking to make that first jump. So, can you help our listeners understand sort of how you went from, you know, an outdoor guide in Montana to becoming what sounds like a full time uh, real estate investor? 
Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of just living the life, um, doing the guiding thing, kind of living paycheck to paycheck, trying to figure out what my next, uh, you know, piece of gear that I needed to buy. Uh, when you live in Montana, you know, you always need more gear, skis, bikes, you know, kayaks, all that kind of stuff. And so what really, um, you know, kind of switched gears in my mind was I got hooked into the Dave Ramsey program. And so I discovered Dave Ramsey um, when I was 25 and that was a whole big kind of mindset shift. And so ever since then, um, you know, I've kind of been living along those kind of frugal, um, means we had a bunch of student debt that we had to clear. And so we kind of just, um, you know, really got after it, um, working a bunch overtime, trying to get as much income as possible and, uh, just living, you know, super frugally and, um, just chipped away at our debt over, you know, basically took two years, um, to get out of the kind of the debt cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, um, we'd gotten married kind of during that, that point and then knew we wanted to, uh, buy a place. So, um, luckily we were able to start saving, you know, got the three to six months worth of, um, you know, um, emergency funds saved up and then also got a little extra saved up to, um, to buy our first condo. And so we were living in a complex here in big sky and our neighbor came to us and she said, you know, I'm retiring, uh, at the end of the summer, you know, I'm going to put my place uh, on the market. She was just putting on Facebook and we're like, well, you know, we're kind of looking at buying a place. Can we come take a look? And, um, you know, got it under contract the next day. Oh, wow. And um, that was kind of our, our first, uh, you know, experience with the contract. Um, yep. You know, I would say we, we looked a couple of years prior to that um, at another unit, um, that was a really great deal. Need a little bit of work here in Big Sky, um, and it was actually in our same complex. And that unit was um, listed for one hundred fifty-five thousand. Same exact unit as what we bought, uh, basically two years later, um, for about two hundred forty-five thousand. So the market wow. just went gangbusters in the last wow. couple of years uh, here in Big Sky. So. Um, really wish we would have gotten that first deal, but we weren't financially ready. Um, there were renters that were living in it. And so we didn't really know kind of how to navigate that, um, aside from not really wanting to kick those folks out. And so we were looking at trying to do a 20% down, uh, as an investment property and just did not have the cash to uh, pull the trigger on that deal. So in hindsight, you know, it, it was a good decision for us to pass on that, um, but we were able to uh, to get something a couple of years after that. Yeah, it sounds like you didn't jump both feet in the deep end to start, whereas if you, my guess is if you were presented with that opportunity today, you'd probably move a little faster on it and uh, and just have some of the education built up, you know, okay, what do you do with a, with a lease that's already signed on a property that you're looking to buy? Uh, and answer those types of questions, which could be an episode all in itself, I think. Yeah, of course. You mentioned like not financially ready um, and some student debt. And I'm curious, how did, how did you as a team sort of save up that 20% when it did come time 
to uh, to get that to get that first condo. Yeah, so I mean, the number one thing was clearing our our debt, and we didn't have any consumer yeah. debt, uh, fortunately. Um, mm-hmm. I'd always kind of lived under the premise where you know you don't really do credit cards, and so luckily I didn't have any of that, and my and my wife, um, fiance at the time, didn't have any of that either. Luckily, but we did come into um, our marriage about with about fifty thousand dollars worth of student loan debt, and so we just, you know, kind of buckled down and, um, you know, we, we were able to raise our income a little bit and we were getting, you know, we worked seasonal jobs or we were working seasonal jobs at the time. And so you kind of get, you know, the end of season bonus, which always helped. We just kind of put that, you know, everything we could, um, towards the debt. Yeah. You didn't and we were able to pay that off. Right. Um, we didn't buy a jet ski. Now we kind of stopped buying, you know, ski gear and mountain bikes and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I just really wanted to kind of figure out what life was like uh, after, you know, debt. And, and, and again, the Dave Ramsey thing, you know, really helped us kind of um, plan and prepare and execute that. So we were able to, to clear that and then um, got the emergency fund, you know, we kept along that plan and then we we're able to save up um, luckily we were able to save up 20% to put down on the first property. Um, really wanted to avoid the PMI, um, private mortgage insurance and just have as, as low of a month monthly outlay as possible. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that really helps, you know, people, there's just a lot of financial advice when it comes to, to saving, like, okay, skip the latte, but that will, if you do that every day, that's, it still doesn't quite add up to 20% on a down payment, especially in Montana. Um, but it sounds like you guys, you know, live below your means and definitely took advantage of those bonuses, like you said, and over time and just really compounded it into, okay, now we have this investment that we can make. Uh, we have this 20% down that, that we can put on a property. Uh, quick question about condo versus like single family residence. Um, do you have any thoughts on that for a first time home buyer? If they're looking to get into a place, was that just out of necessity that sort of the condo in big sky Montana was all the inventory that was available or was that something that, that you and your fiance at the time sort of were seeking? Yeah, I think it was more of just what the market had available. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, you know, in a resort town like big sky, uh, um, you know, the low hanging fruit was, was condo product. A single family home, you know, in Big Sky, well, today now starts, you know, kind of six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars. So yeah. there was just no way to uh, to even go after a single family. And, um, you know, we didn't need a big place. I think that's one of the big things um, that 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 people get into is, you know, like they come out of college and, and they try to um, live this lavish lifestyle like their parents have had, you know, that have been working towards for you know, 30 or 40 years, and they want that right out of college. And so, you know, it was nice to be able to save up that money. And also, once you have that down payment, I think that just mentally makes you be a little more cautious because you've worked so hard to save up that money Mm -hmm. and just be a little more um, aware of what you're going to buy with that. So, you know, we, we were able to luckily find, you know, a good deal off market, like, you know, just talking to our neighbor, yeah. um, our dogs played together. And so we'd always see this person in the backyard right. and, um, 
yeah, she just said, you know, I'm looking to sell. And so we were able to, to avoid um, realtor fees, which was also helpful too. Um, but it was a pretty straightforward transaction. Um, you know, we, we got under contract, um, you know, we did our inspection and with a condo, you know, you do have to underwrite um, and factor in the HOA, which is always one of the big um, issues um, that, that, that brings, you know, uh, that a condo offer brings, but, um, but you can get a, you know, sometimes a, a lower price for what you need. But, um, yeah, we, we did the inspection, you know, there were a couple things that popped up on the inspection, um, got those taken care of. We actually negotiated a little bit off the purchase price just because she didn't want to do any of the repairs. Yeah, so that's she's like, I'll give you guys the money and you guys can just do it. Um, so yeah. So that you actually got like a check to do the work after you closed. She, she factored it into, um, to the closing. So we actually did, uh, did an addendum to, um, the purchase and sale agreement to, um, to take that money off. It was, it was not very much money, but sure. Hey, but at the time it probably, I think we negotiated like maybe, maybe a thousand bucks or so. Yeah. I always put it into perspective, like a thousand dollars is how many hours of, you know, overtime at the job I'm currently working. And yeah, on a purchase price of 240, it, it's a small percentage, but you know, in real time, uh, it, it, it's your time, right? So it, it matters at that stage in your life for sure. Or any stage for that. Yeah. Matter. We didn't negotiate the uh, actual purchase price. She's like, you know, this is the price is the price, you know, and, she put it up on Facebook and she, you know, I've already in the last 24 hours had, you know, 10 or 12 different inquiries. And so mm-hmm. we're like, well, you know, I guess it's, it's a decent deal. kind of looked at, gave her the number. And so um, that, yeah. that's how we did the contract. That's awesome. So the moral of the story is get a dog, take it to the local dog park and just ask everyone about real estate deals. Um, I think that's, I think that's the advice that you're trying to give. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, that's really, that's really helpful. I, you should have a dog anyways, really, but yeah. Just have a dog. Yeah. Save a dog, go rescue a dog. Right. Um, so when we talk about you didn't use a realtor, I think some people might listen and say, well, how exactly does that work? And so can you just like walk people through how you had the confidence to walk through this without somebody in your court? Like, are, are you a you know, is there something that we don't know? Are you a lawyer? Did you have a lawyer on your team or walk through that for us? Yeah, great question. So um, that situation is not for everyone. Someone, you know, sometimes you just need somebody to kind of hold your hand through that process. And realtor, a real estate agent is a a great person because they know how to manage that process really well. I was fortunate because I had already been working in a brokerage um, here in Big Sky. And so I was able to access the MLS forms through my work and present the offer and have my broker um, look it over before we presented and then um, execute that way. So kind of a unique situation. Um, not Again, not for everybody. I don't recommend everybody, but um, yeah, you could have a lawyer take a look at it, but just somebody that knows something about um, how to fill out the, the, the contract. The MLS contracts, 
are fairly straightforward. Um, but there are certain things that you can put in there to, you know, tailor it one way or another towards the buyer side or seller's side. Yeah. Yeah. So just wondering, um, why as a buyer, you, I guess if you're confident with the forms like that, that makes total sense. But, you know, did you ever think, well, Hey, it's not me since I'm the buyer, it's not me paying sort of the commission, the the 6% or, or whatever it might be to a realtor. So why not have someone in your court? I'm just curious about that. Um, yeah, great question. I think, you know, we were almost just naive at that point and didn't really know, um, what we didn't know. Um, which is also something I think that holds people back sometimes just from executing is they try to get all the information, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think we were looking at it from, you know, kind of the nitty gritty. We just saw a good deal and, um, and just wanted to lock it up as fast as possible because we knew that there was a lot of other interests out there. Cool. Cool. Uh, and then you went from condo one to, to now uh, a real estate investor and talk about how that evolved and did it happen immediately? Did you just kind of catch the bug or I'm really curious about how, uh, how someone goes from sort of first time home buyer to now a professional real estate investor. Yeah, uh, still trying to figure out how that happened. <laughs> but um, really, really what we did is uh, we got our, our place um, and just started kind of, you know, scrolling away money and saving up money. Um, and it was a little over a year ago, um, I was talking with one of my developer um, buddies who does development in Bozeman. And I said, you know, yeah, we... I've kind of started thinking about doing some real estate investment. Um, he's like, well, you've got to listen to this thing called bigger pockets. And I had never heard of bigger pockets before. And that was really kind of the, the spark that, that we needed. So um, mm-hmm. that was the best thing that ever happened to us. We started listening to the podcast, using their website, um, doing the rental calculators and basically just got the bug to, kind of take what we had been doing with Dave Ramsey, but now kind of up a notch and doing more uh, investing uh, in a different way. And really, you know, I'd been working in real estate now for the last, you know, four or five years and really like the industry and can see the potential, um, you know, for, for real wealth um, and, and a great lifestyle. And so kind of just took that and, tried to learn as much as possible, listen to a bunch of podcasts. And um, I partnered with two of my friends here uh, in the area that were also interested in doing some investment. And we were able to get some resources together to purchase our first deal. Um, We closed on our first rental property um, basically a year ago uh, in December, December 21st. And, um, we uh, we got we got kind of lucky with that one as well. Um, we found that deal um, on Zillow and oh, nice. uh, just got the Zillow alert um, and called up the the agent and said, you know, hey, we're interested. And we um, we got an offer in and um, got under contract um, within a couple of days. Very nice. Yeah, that's, uh, you hear mixed reviews on Zillow. So it's kind of cool to hear a success story about this, this property popped up and there it was. Um, 
I have a question about Dave Ramsey versus sort of the bigger pockets real estate uh, philosophy. A lot of the bigger pockets, and for those unfamiliar, it's sort of a real estate investing community. Uh, and a lot of people talk about leveraging properties, you know, taking money out of, taking equity out of the current home that you own or other properties, which if you also listen to Dave Ramsey, he, he's a real proponent of, uh, you know, maybe 100% or pay off your entire mortgage uh, before thinking about sort of house number two or before thinking about the jet ski, like zero debt. So I'm just curious what your, you know, are those, do those compete in your mind or have, has your philosophy evolved um, beyond sort of the pay down your home mortgage? Yeah, they compete pretty much every day. Yeah, uh, I right. feel like I have Dave Ramsey on one shoulder and I got, you know, bigger pockets on the other shoulder kind of saying, you know, hey, this is what you should do. But I think, yeah, the biggest thing where they differ in their philosophy is just uh, the, the thinking around debt. And, you know, Dave uh, is all about getting debt out of your life. Um, I was all about that until we started trying to buy a house. And yeah. we couldn't qualify for a mortgage because I didn't have a debt score or a credit wow. score. So I paid off, you know, all of our student loans and it'd been enough time where I had, I didn't have a credit score. My wife wow. luckily still had a, um, a student loan that her father was helping to pay off. Um, so it was actually active and open. And without that, we would have, not been able to really kind of progress where we, where we wanted to go because um, having that line of credit, I was then able to have uh, her apply for a credit card. And then I piggybacked off of her credit card and got my own credit card because I couldn't open up my own credit oh, wow. um, card. And so we, uh, we, we started from there and then we were able to kind of build up our credit um, over time, and then finally, we're able to qualify for a mortgage. So, yeah, I mean, Dave definitely got us to a point, and then um, the the no credit score is a really kind of difficult thing to to work around. He recommends, you know, some lenders that that will work with you to try to figure out other ways to get a loan on a on a house, but uh, it, it's much more difficult without a credit score. So. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing is, you know, in today's world, credit is a useful thing and it, it, it plays a big part in our lives. And unfortunately, you just have to figure out a way to uh, to maximize the benefit. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, bigger pockets talks, you know, about using debt, you know, in a smart way um, to leverage your situation. So, you know, why wouldn't you go chase, you know, money that's at you know, three, four, five, six percent, um, you know, and only put down, you know, low uh, down payments to go buy a house that you can then, you know, house hack, rent out, uh, live in, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is the difference between those two philosophies. So I still struggle, you know, do I put money towards, you know, and, and pay off our own house? You know, how cool would that be to have a, you know, completely paid for, you know, place to live and not have a mortgage payment at all? Or is that money better spent, you know, leveraged and being able to put into more real estate deals um, and trying to, you know, scale a business that way? So it's something I still, yes, struggle with and think about every day. Yeah. We sent a questionnaire 
to you, Matt, before this interview, and you'd mentioned one of your superpowers is, you know, you're, you're good with numbers. Like you can, you can use spreadsheets to help calculate in some ways, in many ways, risk, which I think is what, what I hear you talking about when, you know, those two competing things are, are sort of on one shoulder and the other, uh, being able to calculate and just look at a sort of overview. Okay. What, um, what would be the projected outcome of this decision? What would be the projected outcome of this decision? And for some, uh, the thought of tenants is really scary to them. And the, whatever the numbers say, the risk, the risk of a 3 a.m. phone call um, is just not worth it for them. Or the risk of you know, a vacancy is, is just not worth it, even if you factor those into your numbers. Um, so it's, it, am I right to say that you've got a pretty good understanding of being able to forecast those things? Yeah, I mean, I think risk has a big part uh, to play in whatever your, your decision you're going to make. Um, it's kind of that, you know, conservative side where, you know, the Dave Ramsey wants you to, um, you know, pay off all your stuff. And then it's the other side where bigger pockets He's like, well, you know, you can build this incredible life and have all this wealth by buying, you know, rental properties um, and just trying to figure out, you know, how you navigate um, where you want to go. And I think having the goal in mind is, is, is a big part of it. You know, what, what do you want out of your life? Um, for me personally, you know, I want to be my own boss. I want to, you know, uh, have enough uh, passive income coming in um, where, you know, I can go and, and do um, other endeavors, um, whether that's, you know, brokerage, real estate, property management, um, you know, personal finance, what have you. But um, I just know that, you know, I want to get to a point where I can have um, enough passive income coming in to, to do other things uh, and not be tied down to, a, you know, a nine to five job. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, for us, uh, you know, playing with the numbers is a big thing. Um, I think in, in just going with your gut, you know, we know the market, you know, pretty well here in our area. Um, Big Sky and Bozeman, you know, are, are exploding markets. Uh, they're expensive markets, but we know that there's opportunities uh, and there's a huge um, housing shortage um, problem in the area. And so we knew that if we could just get, you know, a couple rentals that we'd have no problem renting them. Um, yeah. Bozeman is, is a little different market just because it's a little more competitive. Um, and you got to be a little more price conscious on your, uh, your rental, um, revenue and, and, and all your other underwriting. Um, but, um, yeah, we, we've had success with it and, you know, we, we didn't really know, I guess, you know, what the landlord lifestyle was going to be. Luckily kind of knock on wood, we haven't run into, you know, the 3am phone call and, you know, yeah. replacing, you know, broken toilets and all that kind of thing. We are self-managing all of our properties right now because um, we can't afford really to hire a property management company yet. Um, and um, hopefully, you know, we'll get there at some point, but um, really it's just, um, you know, trying to stay organized and being good landlords, um, you know, and the, and the calls that we do get, we try to answer right away. Um, and so it, it's, it can be a scary thing, but uh, at the same time, we, um, 
we've, we've built our business around long-term rentals because um, we know what short-term rentals can do to a, a market. Uh, and in our two areas that we've been investing in, um, they really kind of decimate the, um, you know, the, the uh, affordable housing uh, situation. So yeah. we've tried to build a business around long-term rentals um, and just providing housing to the community so workers can come and, and live here um, full-time. That's great. And for those who don't know short-term rentals, are you talking about vacation rentals, things like that? Yeah, short-term yeah. rentals, Airbnb, VRBO. Um, yeah. You know, we, we looked at it. We could make way more money than what we're currently making, but at the same time, we don't want to, you know, have to go in and clean every three days. We don't want to have to, right. you know, flip hop, flip hop tubs and, and, you know, manage all those bookings and that kind of thing. Um, so uh, um, just sticking with the long-term rentals for now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think that's really cool. I think it's cool to have a niche that, or just a lane that you're staying in. It sounds like your team is found one that they're really comfortable with. So kudos. Um, I think it's time, Matt, for closing time where we ask you a couple questions um, that we try to ask every guest. Usually there's some variation in the questions. It's, it has been kind of inconsistent and that's uh, sort of on purpose on my side. But uh, I'm really curious uh, about kind of the worst real estate advice you've, you've ever received. Have you ever gotten really bad real estate advice? You're like, well, that you know, I think I want to ignore that. I think the the worst real estate advice um, that I've I don't know if I've I've received firsthand, but I've just heard people give is that the market's too expensive, and I'm just going to wait. Um, you know, I, I saw this thing uh, recently. You know, it's a great quote. It's like I don't um, wait to buy real estate; I buy real estate and wait. So oh, yeah. I think, you know, just taking action and um, just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, I, I invest in, you know, really expensive areas um, and it's not always easy. You know, we've had to raise a little bit of money from uh, friends and family, um, but just figuring out a way, you know, to get your first deal. Um, whether that's, you know, a rental property or, you know, a personal residence, just getting something just to get in the game. Um, and, um, from there, you know, you can go, you know, take it to whatever level you want. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's bad advice on their part and good advice on your part. So I, I hear a lot here as well in Missoula, I'm like, oh, it's, I'm just going to kind of sit on the sidelines and, and hold off and you can wait a long time in that, doing that. Um, what piece yep. of advice would you have, and this might sort of build on what you just said, but what advice would you have for a first time home buyer? So never, uh, never owned is renting right now, or maybe living with their folks or, or some friends and just thinking about, you know, ah, it seems like a big leap. Like, how do I get started? What, what piece of advice would you have for them? Yeah. You know, kind of two things there. I think, um, you have to get organized with your money. So the biggest thing you can do is a budget and, you know, that's a four letter word to a lot of people, but I think you have to get serious. If you're going to try to get involved in real estate, um, I mean, that's, you know, going to be the biggest purchase probably of your life and you don't want to take it lightly. And so I think 
um, to do that, you have to get smart with your money. And so um, setting up some sort of budget and savings plan can really put you in a position to, um, you know, make great things happen. Um, So that's, that's probably what I would say. And then um, from there, I think just educating yourself uh, as much as possible, um, you know, with, with the market, um, figuring out, you know, you can look at Zillow and realtor.com and all that kind of stuff to figure out what kind of deals are out there. Um, Mm -hmm. so you can learn the market and figure out when a good deal comes up that you want to jump on. Um, and then really, you know, I think the first step is trying to figure out, um, how much house you can afford. And so you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Um, you know, be conservative. Um, you know, you don't want, you know, your entire paycheck going to your mortgage. Um, <clears throat> that's just not a good place. You don't want to be house poor, um, you know, as, as Dave Ramsey says. So um, I think talking to a lender, getting pre-approved um, is probably the, the best thing that you can do to start off um, aside from getting organized with your money. Cool. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really great advice. Um, any financial literacy books? It sounds like you're a big Dave Ramsey fan, but um would you recommend his book or any other books that you recommend for folks who are in those shoes, thinking about a budget, haven't created one yet, <clears throat> just wanting to get into a home? Yeah. The main one is the total money makeover uh, by cool. Dave Ramsey, you know, kind of just outlines the, you know, seven baby steps that you follow. Uh, it's a pretty simple process and it's pretty powerful once you uh, put it in action. Um, so that book was great kind of starting off. Um, I recently read The Richest Man in Babylon, which is a really fantastic um, book, Um, older book, but uh, has some great principles in there. Um, And then really anything on uh, on Bigger Pockets, uh, all of their books are fantastic. I just picked up Set for Life by Scott Trench. Um, So really excited to dive into that. Awesome. And Matt, uh, partner at the Gallatin capital group um you guys have a website we can link up we do not no website we, uh, yet? Okay. own the domain yeah, okay. but we do not okay. have the website up and running yet maybe yeah maybe an instagram so, account so if, if people want to find out more about we, we have an instagram you. account okay direct message on instagram is that how to get a hold of you perfect yeah gallatin capital group cool all right we'll make sure to link that up in the show notes um Matt, thanks a lot for your time today. Uh, I could talk to you for a lot longer, I feel like, but uh, I think you know our listeners have a lot to, to learn here and they can reach out if they have any more questions or also if they have any deals that they're looking to send your way if you're in the Montana you know, area code here. So um, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate the, the, the time. It was awesome. Cool. All right.